Welcome to Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Thank you for joining us as we listen to another message from Pastor Daniel Shirley. We're talking about influence, and I, I defined influence for you uh, last week. It's, it is uh, the word in. We all know what that means. I-N, in. And then the second part of it comes from the very same root word as the word fluid or flow. So it is an inflowing of something. Uh, you know, if... if um, let me just, for, for example, if you went to the gas station to fill up your vehicle with fuel, with fluid, you know, gasoline fluid, and you put the, the pump nozzle in your gas tank opening and you, you squeeze that nozzle and a fluid begins to go into your gas tank, that would be influence. I, I'm just wanting you to get a picture here. That's an, that is influence. It is an inflowing of a fluid into your, your tank. And, uh, you know, in, in places God likens the Holy Spirit to a, to a fluid. You know, he is, he is spoken of as being oil. He is spoken of as being wine, fluids. Blowing into something. And so we are called upon to influence and the fluid that we are putting into something is Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, let's begin to build off of this scripture. Verse number 26, it says, For the earth is the Lord's, and all its fullness. Now, we're not only talking about influence, but we're also talking about fullness as it relates to influence today. So when you put that nozzle in the gas tank and you begin to, to cause an influence of gasoline into your tank, there comes a point when it is full. And the fullness of your gas tank then is gasoline. Praise God. That is what it is filled with. Praise God. And so let's begin to take those two thoughts and, and work off of those today. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 22, he says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him, talking about Jesus, he God the Father put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him, Jesus, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his, Jesus' body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. All right? God is called, he says, the earth is his and all of the fullness thereof. Everything that it is filled with is his. Praise God. 
So you can't look around and say, well, that's not God's, that's not God's, that's not God's. And, and I uh, taught a few years ago, I taught a, a, a series of messages on seven mountains of influence. And, uh, you know, this is kind of roughly taken from that series. We, we took it and built some other things around this and, and are bringing attention to some other things in, in this series. But um, in that series on the seven mountains of influence, we said there that these seven realms of influence or mountains of influence affect every person's life, no matter who you are on this planet. Praise God. Mountain of media, the mountain of arts and entertainment, the mountain of, of government, of education, of economy, of family, and of spirituality. Those seven mountains of influence that affect all of our lives. And he says here, the earth is the Lord's and all seven of those mountains are his. Praise God. And, and, and every, everything, every activity on earth could be under one of those headings, one of those seven headings. And the church has said, well, spirituality is our mountain. Or some have called it the mountain of religion. But, uh, you know, I don't like that. But uh, the mountain of spirituality, we said, well, that one's our mountain. And what we have done is we have backed off and said the devil can have all the rest. We want spirituality. That's the one that belongs to us. And, we've, and, and we haven't, uh, you know, verbalized that. But in, in our mentality, we are saying that many times. You know, we, when we think of church, we're thinking of what goes on inside the building or you may be even a little bit broader than that and saying inside the organization. Um, but we've got to change the way we're thinking. You see, we're always going to come up short. We're always going to come up uh, lacking something when we have that kind of a mentality that church means what goes on in here and within the building or within the organization. But you see, what happens is that the church is the body of Christ, the embodiment of the anointing, in other words. Christ means anointing. So, the church is the embodiment of the, the anointing. And in Ephesians, he said, the church which is his body, the fullness, and remember, the fullness of your gas tank was gasoline. The, and the church is the fullness of him that fills all in all. That fills how much? All. In all. Praise God. So in, in other words, it fills everything. Uh, in, in Romans chapter 8, verse number 19, it says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the revealing of the sons of God. I want you to think about that for a moment. You see, where we have, when we have this mentality 
that church is what takes place inside these walls or inside this organization or an organization like this, then when, when we develop that kind of a mentality, then we, then, then the sons of God, who's the, who are the sons of God? That's us. Are, are really being hidden from most of the world. Most of the world won't ever see what goes on inside here. Most of the world won't see what goes on within our organization. Most of the world won't see what goes on inside our building. And so the sons of God have been in hiding. And I, I heard something recently. I talked about this just a couple of weeks ago. But someone mentioned to me that uh, a, prophecy, a certain prophecy that had been given, uh, that had been spoken concerning uh, Oral Roberts and Billy Graham's death. And they said that, that uh, and I looked up the prophecy on YouTube, and, uh, and it, it talked about uh, a, a flow of the Spirit of God into the earth, and they said that there would be two events that would kind of be markers as to when the beginning of this was going to take place. And they said, when Oral Roberts and Billy Graham die, when they go on to heaven, this will mark the beginning of this. Now, that really bore witness with my spirit. And uh, so just, you know, uh, not too awful long ago, Oral Roberts went to heaven, not, and just a few weeks ago, Billy Graham went to heaven. And, uh, you know, he talks about, in this prophecy, talked about there being a body of believers or an army of believers that would come out of hiding. That had, they had, that, and this is what has taken place. You see, the moves of God in the past that we have experienced, when we begin to look past or back in, you know, I've been, I've been speaking it prophetically. There have been others that have been speaking prophetically about, uh, about the next flow or the next move of God. And, and you know, I, don't, I really don't have the right word to um, uh, explain what I'm talking about, but I think you probably understand what I mean. We talk about revival or we talk about uh, moves of God or we, you know, we're, we're really talking about the expression of, the present expression of God in the earth. And we talk about that and we look back into history and we see in the past moves of God that have taken place and we, have, we, we think that it should look like something that happened in the past. You know, in the, in the 1950s and 60s in, in, in this country, a great move of God and, and some of the, the markings of that were uh, healing evangelists. And, and they began to set up huge tents all over the country and do um, uh, crusades and things in, in tents. And we call them tent revivals. Or, uh, you know, and probably a little earlier than that, probably the, the, the forerunner to that was the Brush Arbor meetings. And... Uh, 
where you know a farmer would go out onto his land and he would he would put some poles in the ground and put a brush uh, uh, roof up to shade and and they would have meetings underneath the brush arbor and uh, you know and then it went from that to went to tents and then it went to to uh, coliseums and and uh, uh, assembly centers and things like this but uh, we have expected that we've been looking for a move of God that would look like something in the past because that's all we had to to, uh, identify it with. But the Spirit of God began saying to me a couple of years ago that he was doing a new thing and that this new thing wouldn't look like anything we've ever seen before. And I began to... To, I, I, I see some things in my spirit. I see some things on the inside of me. And, um, you know, I, I have endeavored to communicate those things. But this, this word about this army of believers coming out of hiding, and it goes right along with this scripture in Romans 8, verse 19. The earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. In other words, it is time that the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all, comes out of hiding and begins to influence. And remember what, every time I say the word influence, remember what we're talking about. We're talking about a fluid flowing of the Spirit of God into our society and into our culture. Praise God. And so he's saying that, that the sons of God, you know, in the, coming out of hiding and beginning to flow into every aspect of society. Now, um, you see, we've had a misunderstanding of what our purpose as a church was. Here's what we have thought. We have thought that our purpose was to fill our pews with them when our real purpose is to fill the earth with him. Okay, let me repeat that again because I want you to remember that. I want to say this so that you remember this. We thought... Our purpose was to fill our pews with them, being the people out from, from outside, to bring them in and to fill our pews with them. But our real purpose is to fill the earth with Him. Praise God. Praise God. That is what the church needs to be doing, and we need to shift our thinking so that we stop thinking only about you know, how many people can we get in? Now, sure, we like to have a big crowd. Sure, we want all the chairs full. Sure, we want the building packed out. Sure, we want, you know, we want all these things. But that's not our primary purpose. You see, that would be a, uh, a byproduct of filling the earth with him. Praise God. And many times... 
We focus on the byproduct rather than the real thing. Praise God. We focus on the, 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 uh, what comes out of something rather than focusing on the real thing itself. And the real thing itself is that we begin to fill the earth with Him. You see, we've had this mentality too long that Jesus belongs in church. That everything that we do that is related to God, that is related to Jesus, everything that we do in that way should take place within the church. And I said not too long ago that miracles are more needed across the back fence than they are on the front pew. Praise God. Most of the miracles that are needed in our world today are not represented in this building today. See, most of the people who need a miracle in their life didn't come today. Now, some of you might say, well, I need a miracle. That's great. I'm glad you came today, praise God. But most people that need a miracle in their life did not come to church today. Most of them are at home or are somewhere else. And so if we're only seeking to fill our pews with them then most of the world is not ever going to experience him. Praise God. In Acts chapter 2, verse number 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour, underline that word right there, or highlight that word, pour, out of my spirit, on all flesh. I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. So if you took a container of a fluid and you began to pour it out, this is the picture that God is painting for us in this statement. It will come to pass in the last days that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Now, if you poured something out, you know, if you could pour enough water into this room, and if it, you know, if it would hold it, if the, you know, let's, let's just say that it's sealed up tight enough that it, it could, that it could contain it, and you just pour enough water in here, it, the water would find every nook, every cranny, every low space, every crack, it would fill it. And you see, the fullness is the opposite of, uh, of something being missing. The fullness is the opposite of a malady. A malady meaning that something is deficient, that something is not there, something is missing. You see, and in our world, there is a deficiency. There is a malady. There is a, you know, how many believe that God knows exactly what to do about every situation that we face in our world today? He knows exactly how to solve all the world problems. You know, we hear a lot about, well, you know, I, I just want to pray for world peace. How many know that God knows how to bring peace 
into every situation. Praise God. You know, we look at some of the maladies that exist. Um, what about... What about some of the situations that we face as a nation today? How many know that God knows what to do about North Korea? Praise God. He knows exactly what to do about North Korea. How many know that God knows what to do about crime in our nation? Praise God. How many know that God knows what to do about corruption in our government? How many know that God... Has a, has a cure for cancer. And every disease that exists, he knows the cure for it. And I, I'm not talking about just laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. I mean, that's the ultimate cure. But there are many people that are not going to receive a cure in that way. But God knows natural cures. He put... He, I, I, I am convinced of this, that every disease, every virus that exists in the earth, that there is a cure for it that exists in the earth. God knows what to do about it. You know, there are things that we thought were incurable, would never be cured that don't, I mean, you know, I mean, what about smallpox? You never hear of anybody having smallpox anymore because God revealed a cure for smallpox. You know, there are other diseases, polio. We never hear about anybody having polio anymore. But that was a, I mean, that was a big deal at one time. You know, there were a lot of people that uh, because of polio, they uh, you know, suffered some lifelong lasting uh, effects that it had on their body. It was a big deal. And... Uh, you know, you remember going to school and taking a polio vaccination. If you're old enough to remember that, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we took those things because somebody tapped into a cure that God already put in the earth. Praise God. And every sickness and every disease... God, I, I'm convinced of this, that God has put a cure for it in the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, um, you know, we, he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So a fluid, when it is inflowing into any container, begins to look for Every void that is there. It begins to find every void, every low place that is there, and it begins to fill it. Praise God. I know that, uh, you know, uh, we have this situation in Carlsbad with the brine well. And, and I've heard a lot of talk about the brine well and what to do. And one of the things that they had to do, that, that uh, engineers and scientists came up with a, for a solution for that was to fill the hole, but they had to fill it with a slurry. And the reason it had to, they couldn't just dump dirt in there. It had to be a slurry because it had to fill every void. It had to flow into every void that, that existed there. Praise God. 
And so this is what the Spirit of God does when, when God said, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. He is saying that the, the liquid or the, the fluid of Holy Spirit flowing into the earth is to fill every void, every low place, every place there is something that is lacking, the, the flow of the Spirit of God will begin to flow into those places. And this is, the, this is what the church is called to do. We have withdrawn ourselves into this container called the church, but really the, the church was never intended to be a container the church was intended to fill every place, be the fullness of him that fills all in all. Praise God. You know, I could set a glass here and I could fill that glass with water. It could be an influence or an inflow of water into the glass. Or if and the glass is like what we have thought about as church. It's got to be, our, our church is a spirit-filled church. How about our society is a spirit-filled society? Our culture is a spirit-filled culture. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, we, we start talking like that, and we think that that, that means that everybody's going to be saved and everybody's going to be speaking in tongues to be spirit-filled. No, spirit-filled, I mean, when, when God pours his spirit upon all flesh, we're talking about it going everywhere, every place, filling everything, rather than just filling this container that we call church. And if you, but, but with the container mentality, we think that, well, if you want to get healed you need to come to the container. If you want to get your needs met, you need to come to the container. If you want to get your life fixed, you need to come get in the container where the Spirit is. But that's not what God's idea was. God's idea was, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. You see, it's the run over that touches the world. It's the overflow that reaches to the world. God wants us to be overflowing, not just full. You see, we can be full and not be the fullness of him that fills all in all. But... If you pour in until you're full and then you keep pouring, then it begins to overflow and to find those low places, to find those voids, to find those places that have been lacking and beginning to fill those places. Praise God. Praise God. How many know that a, when a, a, a liquid begins to flow... Do you know that water is the perfect level? You know? I mean, you, it, it will always find level. You know, Joe was back here uh, 
working in our preschool department. By the way, has anybody looked in there, see the new carpet and the new floor in there? Joe was laying that floor back there uh, last week, and he had gone in. The floor was bad in some places, and he was laying the laminate flooring, and he used a floor leveler. Now, a floor leveler is a liquid that is, you know, I mean, it sets up and becomes hard like concrete, but it's liquid enough that it, that it will find level. Praise God. So, so it automatically levels itself, filling all the low places, more where it's lacking, less where it's, where it's not lacking, and it's filling all these low places with this fluid. And see, when God pours out His Spirit on all flesh, when the fluid of Holy Spirit begins to flow out of the cup and into society and into culture, it will begin to level things out. Praise God. Praise God. But you see, we've got to get rid of this container mentality. You see, you've got an enemy. The devil wants to keep us contained. Because if he can keep us contained, then, then the rest of society will stay in a mess. There will always be voids. There will always be cracks in the system. There will always be places that, that, uh, that are missing something where, where maladies exist. But when Holy Spirit begins to overflow our container, this is what I see that God is beginning to do in the earth today. But we've got to change our thinking because it will never happen as long as we have the container mentality. Praise God. Praise God. He said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. All right, what's that talking about? In, in light of our subject matter for this morning. What's that talking about in light of our subject matter? We're, we're, what is prophecy? Prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. All right, so if there is a lack of edification, if there is a lack of, of uh, exhortation, <laughs> it was right there, trying to say it. If there was a lack of of uh, uh, of edification, exhortation, if there's a lack of comfort, then our sons and daughters, praise God, as the fluid Holy Spirit begins to flow into society, it begins to fill up those lacks with edification, exhortation, comfort. Praise God. Praise God. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. What's he talking about? He's talking about looking into and foreseeing what's ahead. You know, maybe, I mean, you know, there's, an, there's a lack of insight 
in our society today. A, a lack of foresight in our society today. You know, too many people just living for the moment, living for today without any thought of what kind of effect my choices today are going to have on my future. And there's a lack of that. But he says, we'll see visions, we'll dream dreams. This is Holy Spirit flowing into a lack of foresight, a lack of insight. Praise God. And on my men's servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out of my spirit in those, in those days, and they shall prophesy. You see, Holy Spirit is flowing out, is overflowing the container into society, and it's finding the low places, it's finding the void, and it's filling those in. Praise God. Praise God. See, the opposite of fullness, the church which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. The opposite of fullness is that something's lacking, something's missing. See, our purpose is to find the void and fill it. Your cup is running over for just such a purpose as this. Praise God. Praise God. Our purpose is to find the void and fill it. Your cup running over or is running over for such a purpose as this. Praise God. Praise God. I've got some other things I'm not going to get to today. But, uh, you know, I, I want us to realize that God has got to answer for absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. Now, the world who's not filled with the Spirit of God, they don't have those answers because all the answers are in you. Praise God. All the answers are in you. Every answer you need is in you because He is in you. This is why the scripture says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Praise God. So as Holy Spirit fills you, but we get rid of the container mentality. Our cup runs over into our culture today. Holy Spirit begins to bring answers to the problems of the world. And I'll just give you just a little teaser for, for what's to come. Do you know this? Do you know that too many Christians think griping is equal to active involvement? Too many Christians think if they're griping about something, well, I can't just let it go. Well, you are just letting it go. All you're doing is talking about it. All you're doing is griping about it. I can't just let that go. I can't just, I, I can't just keep my mouth shut. I can't just, you know, just, just watch that and not do anything about it. Well, you are just watching it and not doing anything about it. All you're doing is griping about it. And, you know, 
That's not what God's called us to do. That's not what he's called. He hasn't called us to gripe about everything. He's called us to be the fullness of him that fills all in all. Praise God. Praise God. Father, we just thank you today for your goodness to us. We just thank you, Father, for this opportunity that we've had to open your word and to share today. Father, I thank you that the, that, that the flow of the Spirit, it starts in us, but our cup overflows to affect our culture and our society. God, help us to remove this container mentality from our thinking. You haven't called us to be containers of your spirit. You've called us to be the body, the embodiment of the anointing that fills all in all. We thank you for that today, Father. If you're here today, or if you're watching us online, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. I want to give you the opportunity and tell you how to do that today. Jesus said, except you be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Not a, this, is, this is not optional. This is not, uh, uh, this is not something that, you know, well, it, I can take it or leave it. And we're talking about eternity here. We're talking about eternity. Where are you going to spend eternity? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you use the word the, he's telling us there's only one way. He's telling us there is no other way except by Jesus. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except by me. Why? Because he was the only one qualified he was the only one with the necessary capabilities to pay for your sin. You see, he could pay for your sin in three days and rise again. But if you were to try to pay for your own sin, it would take you eternity to do it. Jesus, because he had no sin of his own, he could pay for yours and do it in three days. Complete. Paid in full. So if you have never received what Jesus has done, your sin was fully punished upon him. But you have a choice whether you're going to accept it or not. If you don't accept it, then you will spend eternity paying for your sin. But if you accept it, God counts his payment to you as paid in full. You see, if you believe that, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that's what it's talking about. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You see, that statement that God raised him from the dead means you believe he died, right? can't be raised from the dead didn't die so that implies by that statement that he died but being raised from the dead implies 
that the debt was paid. He would not have risen from the dead if the debt had not been paid. So when I say, Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead, that means I believe that he died for my sins, disposed of them properly, completely, and rose again without them. When I say, Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again for me. I am saying, I believe God will count his finished work to me and will, will mark the debt as paid in full. Now, if that's good news to you, and here's what I, I need you to do. In fact, I'm going to ask everyone in this room to pray this prayer today. And if you're watching online, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you pray this prayer and you believe what you're saying, and God's Word says you will be saved. In other words, if you pray it and you believe it, then God will count Jesus' finished work to your credit. Praise God. Debt paid in full. Hallelujah. So let's just say this together. So Father, I believe that you laid all of my sin upon Jesus and that he paid for my sin, that he died paying the debt in full, and when it had been completely paid, that he rose from the dead. And today I confess that I believe that. I believe he is risen as Lord over all. And I accept what he has done to my credit. Father, thank you for allowing Jesus to pay my debt. I receive the, the forgiveness, the remission of my sin. I receive that today. And I know that I am now a child of God. And I stand before you forgiven and free. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Word of Life Church, please visit us on the web at wolcarlsbad.com. Thank you and have a great week.